Hi everyone, welcome to A Life in Movies, the interview show from All The Right Movies. My name is Luke. On the show we talk to people in entertainment about three of their favourite films. And today I'm talking to a journalist, podcaster, New York Times bestselling author, TV writer and producer, and all-round man of the people. It is Shea Serrano. How you doing, Shea? What up, baby? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> yeah, great, thank you. Where you talking from? I'm in San Antonio, Texas. Is that your permanent base, or do you move around a lot? Oh, no, no, no. This is my permanent base. I was born here. I left for a little while. You know, you, like, wander away from home for 15 years or whatever when you're becoming an adult. Yeah. And then I found my way back here a couple of years ago. Where are you? I'm in the northeast of England, just outside of a place called Newcastle. Have you ever been to the UK? I don't think so. Wait, hold on. Does Paris count as the UK? <laughs> Not these days, no. Okay, well then, no. What about Italy? <laughs> Italy, no. I mean, it's still like a three-hour flight to get to Italy. Oh, okay. Then no, I've not. I've not been to the UK. <laughs> those are the only places. Those are the only places in Europe I've, I've been to. We went there a few years ago when my wife and I celebrated our ten-year wedding anniversary. Oh, yes. We never got to go on like a, a honeymoon because we had all these uh, complications that came up around the time of the wedding, like medical stuff. But oh. so ten years, we wanted to go somewhere. Well, we didn't go there. We didn't go to the UK. Turns out, I thought we did. <laughs> Paris and Italy is better, I think. Where did you go in Italy? Uh, we went to Venice. I mean, it's probably the greatest place in the world, so I think you chose the right place. It was there. so cool, dude. It was so cool. It looked like in all of the movies. Like yeah. everybody was cruising around on boats. All of the people were super like handsome and attractive <laughs> and, and like cool looking. It was great. It was a, a wonderful time. Okay, so coming to you live from San Antonio, we're going to talk about three movies that she has chosen. Are these your all-time favorite, Shea, or just personal connection, or just ones that you plucked out of thin air? These are these are movies that I love. Um, you could put you could put them all three of them on my all-time favorites list. There, mm. if I were to like organize them into my ten favorite movies or twenty favorite movies or whatever, all three of these would a hundred percent be be in there. I don't think they would be the top three, but they would yeah. be in there. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to do a top three, isn't it? Difficult oh, God, to do a top it, cha 20. it changes so much. Yeah, it's yeah. like every single time I think I have it pinned down. And then the one that I know for sure, my all-time favorite ever movie is this movie. I have this giant poster behind me, this framed poster of a movie called Blood In, Blood Out, which is like a Chicano gangster movie from the right. early 90s. That's my number one favorite movie ever. I love it so, so much. Right, I, I know I've that one's number one. It. I don't know numbers two through twenty. You have, you've not seen it? No. Oh my god, you got to see it. Here, so, so the tricky part of this one is is Disney owns the rights to it, right? But it's a, again, it's like a gangster movie, so they're not going to put it on Disney Plus. No, no, or whatever. So but you, is it not you, streaming anywhere? You can't then? watch it anywhere. It's not on streaming anywhere. Oh, every man. like every couple of months, somebody will upload a version of it to YouTube, mm -hmm. and you can watch it on YouTube for free, like just. Yeah, um, but that's the only way you're going to catch it on streaming. Otherwise, you got to have a hard copy of it, which I prefer. Right. I prefer. Yeah. I don't know if you're a hard yeah. copy guy, like a physical medium. Like I like. You're it. a VHS guy, aren't you? Yeah, VH. I like VHS tapes the most. DVDs are cool as well, but for some, there's something special about VHS tapes to me. Yeah, uh, same for me. I think it's. I think we're the similar age. I think you're 42, and and I think it's just nostalgia for me. Yeah, that's for that's that's got to be a big part of it. I think number one, nostalgia. Number two, they just look cool. They yeah. look like I mean, they're like little movie posters, which I appreciate. Also, recently, I started collecting them like several years ago, like hmm. 
2017 or something, right? Just like I was in a, I happened to be in a thrift store. They had a, a like a big bin of them for sale. They're like a quarter each or something like that, 33 yeah. cents each. And I was like, oh man, I've not seen these in so long. And I grabbed a couple and I just had them on my bookshelf in my office. And yeah. then I just slowly started buying more and more of them. And then, uh, so I, I, at this point I've collected maybe like almost 600, I have like 600 of them. Right. Wow. And, and, and in the last like couple of weeks I bought a TV, like an old Zenith nine inch VCR TV combo for my office. Cool. And I'll just put it on like I'm in a fucking blockbuster or whatever. It's just playing <laughs> on this, on the side. And it makes me so happy. Like to, you to like pull the cassette out and put it in and you hear it like rev up and like, yeah. and then it starts. It's so, I love it, man. Yeah. Like one of the very early VHSs that the VCRs that I had must have been early eighties. The remote was on a on a lead, and the lead connected to the VCR, and you could only do it that way. <laughs> That's great. That's that so was dope. amazing. <laughs> okay, cool. Sure. Let's get into it then. First film. Which one have you picked out? My first one is is White Men Can't Jump. Yes. From 1992, written and directed by Ron Shelton, White Men Can't Jump stars Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson as Sidney Dean and Billy Hoyle, two mismatched street basketball players who spark up an unlikely friendship on the courts in LA while trying to keep their relationships afloat. The supporting cast is sprinkled with ex-pros and an unbelievable turn from Rosie Perez as Billy's girlfriend, Gloria. We're in Sidney Dean's house now, Shea. Why have you chosen White Men Can't Jump? (laughs) I think White Men Can't Jump is... It's my it's my favorite sports movie ever. I think it's the greatest sports movie ever. It's so much fun to watch, especially again. This you mentioned this came out in '92, so that means I probably saw it. I didn't see it in a theater. I just saw it like on TV. Yeah, I probably too. found it around '94, '95, right? So that puts me at that puts me at 13, 14 years old, which is right around the same time that I had like come across a basketball player named Reggie Miller. Mm. who was the first basketball player that I ever loved. Just as like, he played for the, the Pacers, of course. Yeah. Um, he was just this like, this sort of shit talking underdog who was always like, sort of picking verbal fights with people. And he's out on the court and he's running and he's shoving people and, and, you know, doing his thing. And I just thought he was the coolest person that I'd ever seen play basketball. And yeah. then I come across this movie and the whole movie is that. So the first time you watch it, the first time I watch it, I'm, I'm a teenager and I'm like, man, this is the coolest shit that I've ever seen. This is like all of the stuff that I love all at once. And then you watch it. Like I, I, I've watched it probably in my life 50 times. And each time you watch it, especially as you age, you just like pick up different parts of it. You realize when, it, when you're an adult, like this is a movie about friendship. You think yeah. when you're a kid, oh, this is a movie about, first you think it's a movie about basketball. And then you think it's a movie about love and like this relationship that doesn't work out between Billy and, and Gloria. And then you realize at the end, like, oh, no, this is a, this is about Sydney and Billy, like, warring best friends who, like, enter this new phase of life together. Like, it just – it touches on all of the things. It's, it's expertly paced. It's wonderfully written. It's so smart and clever and just, like, it's just, it just does all of the things I want in a movie. It just, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. I uh, I hadn't seen it for a, a few years, and when I came back to revisit it for, for this conversation – I, I couldn't believe how well it held up. The script's really, really smart. All the beats really work well. And Wesley Snipes has got, like, bucket loads of charisma. Oh, my God. He's incredible. He's one of my favorite actors ever. He, of course, has a, a ton of movies. But he has this, like, this stretch beginning in the early 90s 
with like I think the first time I saw him was in Major League. Yeah, and I was like, this dude is 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 so incredible. And that's the first movie I saw him in. The very, like the very first actual thing I saw him in was was he shows up in in the bad video, the Michael Jackson bad video. He's right, like one yeah. of the street toughs that gives that gives Mike uh, a hard time, right? But even then, you're like, man, what is it about this person who I just want to see? more of them. He shows up in major league and you're like, man, this rules. And then he gets like a big feature starring role in new Jack city yeah. a couple of years later as, as Nino Brown. And just like everything he did for like 10 years was just incredible. He, he has a string of action movies. I'm a big action movie. It's passenger 57, yeah. boiling point, rising sun, demolition, man. Like he just is, he teams back up again later with, with, with Woody and money train. Oh, yeah. He just has like this electricity in his bones that when he's on screen, you have to like negotiate with your own eyeballs to blink because you don't want to miss a single frame of like the thing that he's doing or the, uh, or, or what he's in. We didn't even talk about uh, when he gets to doing blade, which is, yeah. which is an all time character. Like, like just, I just, even today as a grown adult, 42 year old husband and <laughs> father. And I just love him. I just love when he shows up on the screen. I'm like, yes, give me more of that. Give me as much Wesley as I can get. Yeah. He's absolutely incredible. And I said at the top, Rosie Perez. I mean, she's she's outstanding. Yeah, yeah. It's like so you have those three that are that are leading the movie, Woody, Wesley, and Rosie, and every single one of them is just totally dialed in and like ready to make this an an all time great performance. Like it never feels like one of them is trying to steal from another one in a scene. It feels like they're 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 all playing I mean to to stay on theme, they're all playing like a perfect a three-man weave on a fast break yeah. sort of situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just boom, boom, boom. They set each other up so many times. We we have moments in the movie where they each get to be like the star. Mm-hmm. They each get to be the hero. They each get to be the asshole. They each get to be the foil. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so great to watch. Yeah. Uh, doing a bit of uh, reading up on the film. Apparently, it was one of Stanley Kubrick's favorite films, which I was stunned to read. It's got to be everybody's favorite. I feel like if you watched it, then you loved it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's the only way you don't love this movie is if you didn't watch it. Yeah, fucking Stanley Cube, fucking Cube, Cube loved it, man. Come on. <laughs> so, have you got a favorite scene from the film, Cher? Uh, my favorite scene is the is the opening scene when we get introduced to Billy. When we get introduced to Sydney, Billy ends up hustling Sydney the first time because it it's stretched out over like twenty minutes, right? Yeah. And you you get to watch Wesley play basketball. You get to watch Billy play basketball. You get to watch him doing his like shit talking thing, and it's pretty. It's so pretty. And you go, you're watching all of this happen. <laughs> and then they and then they bring in Billy. Like he steps in when a player gets injured, and he plays like the last two points of the game, and his team ends up winning. But he doesn't shoot the ball, and that ends up becoming this competition, this this conversation where he's like, uh, "Yeah, you're probably right, Sydney. Like I probably am no good at basketball. I probably can't shoot a lick. Yeah. Like whatever." What's it worth to you to find out? And then it becomes like, oh, I see what's happening here. Mm-hmm. They're about to have a shooting competition. And now it's just those two guys. It's just those two matching charisma, matching shot for shot. You sort of know what's going to happen, but also you kind of don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's great. You also have Kadeem Hardison in there just tossing grenades <laughs> into the scene. And it's, it's so good. You get this great turn when they're shooting. If, if somebody's listening and you've not seen the movie, they do a shooting contest. They're going to shoot five shots from the top of the key. And they're going to alternate. Wesley goes first, he buries his, then Woody buries his. And Wesley buries his second one, and then Woody. And then they, they just alternate like that. And as they're going, you see Wesley, his confidence as the scene goes on 
starts to deteriorate. Yeah. He realizes, oh shit, I'm in the tank with another great white shark, <laughs> right? Is what's happening. And, and all the while, Billy, who's presented as this dork the whole time, you watch his confidence grow and grow and grow. You watch him become, uh, you, you watch his character become like who he is in the movie, which is this like this brash braggart who just can't help himself. Yeah. And he just is running his mouth more and more and more until, until we get the turn at the very end when Wesley's about to shoot his last shot. Woody leans into his ear and he's like, don't worry, Sydney. I've hustled a hell of a lot yeah. better players than you. Don't put up no brick. And then it, it all comes like crashing down on Wesley's head. I think I mentioned that Wesley goes first. It's, uh, he lets Billy go first. Anyway, but it's just this like great turn. Yeah. And then he's walking off and the guy's like, man, you got lucky or whatever. And he tells him, luck's got nothing to do. It's like every single line in this scene is is incredible. It's 20 minutes of just movie perfection. Oh, I, have a, I, have, I have three sons. Yeah. And one of them is like super into basketball. And like he like uh, like plays for the, the school team or whatever. And like when White Man Can't Jump showed up on Hulu and I was like, sit down with me. You didn't even have to watch this whole movie, son. I'm not even going to tell you you got to watch this whole movie. Just watch the first scene. Watch the first 20 minutes with me. And he sat down and watched it and just pulled into it. And I'm like, all right, you can go. And then he just disappears off into his room. And then he went into his room and watched the rest of it on his own. Amazing. In his room. And I was like, that's fucking incredible. If you can get a 15-year-old kid to not be on TikTok, yeah. like you're doing something right. Yeah. And man, what a great, great movie. Oh, yeah. my God. Incredible. Oh, oh, shit. Just, oh, 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 it is hard goddamn work being this good. Shut the fuck up. Oh, oh, rabbit is. Am I starting to get to you? No, Sydney, you aren't getting to me. You're just making my eardrums hurt. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No, a fucking geek. A, a fucking like. geek. geek, exactly. Like All right? But what you don't realize is that it ain't easy. It is hard <laughs> goddamn work making something this pretty look like a chump or a geek. So I must be doing it for a reason. Well, you got me convinced, whatever the reason may be. Cool. So one down. What's the second film on your list here? Second film, Training Day. Ooh. From 2001, Training Day was written by David Ayer and directed by Antoine Fuqua. It stars Denzel Washington in his Oscar-winning performance as corrupt detective Alonzo Harris, who breaks in a rookie officer, Jake Hoyt, played by Ethan Hawke, and takes him on a day in the job that he'll never come back from. This one's got a great supporting cast as well. But King Kong ain't got shit on Denzel shit. Why'd you pick this one? <laughs> I picked this one because I was trying to do a thing when you said we were going to do three movies. I immediately got very excited and I tried to I wanted to touch across different different genres. So we get one from the one from the early nineties, one from the early two thousands here. Um we also have Denzel Washington, who is the greatest actor who has ever lived. <laughs> the number one actor of all time. We have him, in his, in, as you mentioned, in his Oscar-winning performance as the villain. Up to this point, we've really only ever seen him as the, like, the, the heroic hero yeah. of the situation. He shows up here um, and just puts on a fireworks show. Like immediately, yeah. immediately. When the, the, the movie starts, it's, it's Ethan Hawke in his house calm and when he's like nervous for this first day he's going to meet this new training officer and whatever whatever and then he gets a phone call and you hear like the edges of denzel's voice on the phone call and he just sort of is real curt and hangs up on him eventually yeah ethan walks into the diner and sits across from denzel and and denzel immediately is like i'm in charge of not only the situation but of your life from right here going forward like i'm in complete control 
I'm going to do everything I can to keep you off balance. I'm going to be intimidating and I'm going to be cool and I'm just going to be smarter than you and, and better than you in every single respect. I don't know if you can say that this is the best performance he's ever had. I think that's always going to be uh, Malcolm X yeah, when he cool. showed up in there, which he, sh- which he should have won the Oscar Definitely. for in, in 92. But he, he comes here with a whole new thing. Watching him do it, it felt like you were seeing a new person. Because if we look, if we look at like Malcolm X, we'll just list off a few, but like Malcolm X, uh, Pelican Brief, Philadelphia, uh, Virtuosity, even something like Fallen or, hmm. or, uh, or He Got Game or, or oh, yeah. whatever, The Hurricane. Like, like he was always using this like unflappable Denzel mode that he goes into this like, like a very masculine archetype. Yeah. But it was always aimed in a certain direction. It was always aimed toward good for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah, always. And he took that and he and he aimed it toward bad. Mm. And it felt like holy shit! Like yeah. this is so terrifying. Without him ever ever really doing anything to terrify you, just like a look. Yeah. Or like a phrase that he says, mm-hmm. or when he present, or, or when he like decides to give you a little bit of information, and it's like. God, this is this is an incredible performance from him. This incredible performance from from Ethan Hawke. This mm, is one of the few right. times that somebody was able to sit across from Denzel Washington and like match him beat for beat. Like we saw Viola do it when they did Fences, and you're yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, this yeah. is great. We see Ethan, we see Ethan Hawke do it here. Like we saw Tom do it in, in Philadelphia. Like there are a few times when there was somebody else who was opposite him, and it, and all that it did was make Denzel even better. Yeah, and. This is just a, this is a perfect movie for me when you're watching it. Oh yeah. my god. I saw uh, the, I saw that theater multiple times. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable what he does because this character is an absolute asshole from the from oh like from the jump off like you said straight from away. From the start. <laughs> but then it's incredible what he does because it gives that character a lot of appeal and I'm watching this film thinking yeah, you know, he's got a point here when he yeah. says, <laughs> like, some of those things he's saying, I think, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on his side. And that character is despicable. I can't believe that you come around to his character at certain points through the film. I mean, at the end, obviously not, but, you know, Denzel, incredible. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's wild to watch because even now rewatching it, you're with him up until he shoots Roger. Yeah. Like up until yeah, yeah. that moment, you're like, like you're saying, like he's making some good points. Like I get what I get what's going on. Oh yeah, yeah. This is how this this level of policing is. I get it. Okay, cool. It makes sense. And then he shoots Roger. And then not only does he shoot Roger and kill Roger, he tells Jake, You're the person who shot him. And then yeah. he tells all of his all of the soldiers. Yeah. What did you see? We saw Jake shoot him. And then Jake is like, You've been planning this all day? And he tells him, I've been planning this all week. And you're like, Oh my fucking Shit. God. This is yeah. like like this is like he's evil. He's actually evil. Yeah. He's not just scary and intimidating because there are a lot of like scary, intimidating, but good people, which you think he's going to do in this movie. Because, again, we have we have a 20 year history, a 15 year history of watching him do that or whatever it was, 13 yeah. years. Right. We we're like it's like he cashed in all of those chi- all of those <laughs> chips in this one moment to, to just become evil. And uh, it's so it's so unsettling. And especially on the rewatch. There's a part in the rewatch where you're watching him just sort of set Ethan Hawke on fire over and over and over again. And then they have this great scene when he sits in the car after they shoot Roger. 
and they sit in the car and he's like breaking it down for Ethan Hawke and he's being soft with him and he's mm-hmm. being warm with him and he's like listen I'm sorry that I have to be the one to tell you it's going to be this way but this is how it is and like da 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 like he's like bringing him in he's like taking care of him and 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 consoling him and you think wait is he still is he good is he yeah. like like you he puts that that hint of doubt in there uh, but then, of course, he takes him to the to the Mexicans to oh, go get killed, right? Jesus! But but right before they sit down in the car and have that scene, we get a quick shot of Denzel in the car. Ethan is on the or Jake is on the outside. He sees Alonzo on the phone, yeah. and you can you hear it if you turn the TV up. You can hear it, and he's like, "Yeah, just make sure that bathtub is clean." Like that's what he says. Like he is right there telling him, "Hey, I'm bringing this guy to kill him." Yeah. Okay, do that, and then he hangs up the phone. And then he puts his arm around him and he's like, come here. I'm going to take care of you. I'm the father figure. You can trust me still. Like, it's unbelievable what's going on right there. That's a revelation on a rewatch. Oh, oh my God. He's so just nastily evil in it. It's great. It feels really dangerous as well. I think Anton Fuqua does it, shoots it in such a way and puts you in situations that it feels really dangerous and it feels really authentic as well. It's kind of like... I love white men. Obviously, I love white men can't jump, but it feels like a different LA, even though it kind of is trying to portray the same. Yeah, this this feels closer to like the heat Los Angeles yeah, than white yeah. men can't jump Los Angeles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like every everybody is a wolf, and yeah, you gotta yeah. fucking be a wolf or you gotta die. Like those yeah. are your only those are your only options. Oh my Amazing. god! What an incredible incredible movie. My favorite scene is gonna. I'm gonna cheat a little bit. I'm gonna okay. give you two. Right, cool. I'm gonna give you my, my favorite my favorite Denzel scene is the diner scene because I just love I just love when a movie figures out how to introduce a character in a way that feels exciting and like it's already like it's going 400 miles an hour right yeah. and that's what they do with with Denzel he's just sitting in the diner at the table reading his paper that's yeah. all he's doing and you're like oh my god this is gonna be so good I wrote a thing one time I used to work at this website called The Ringer it's like a pop culture website. And yeah. I wrote a thing one time. It was like an academic paper about movie scenes that Denzel did where he was sitting at a table because they're just special. For some reason, you get Denzel at a table. You have him in, in, in Training Day, for example. He has a table scene in the movie Philadelphia when he's talking to Tom Hanks. He has a table yeah. scene in The Equalizer when he's talking to mm. with the Russian mob guy and he's like what do you what do you think you see when you look at me or whatever like it's just denzel at a table is great but watching him again in 2001 and being like oh my god this is going to be this is going to be so much fun is what it feels like when that movie starts and you have that first scene and he's just fucking harassing ethan hawk the whole time that's my favorite denzel scene um my favorite like maybe scene scene of the movie is is jake at the table with the mexicans and they're playing cards Jeez. And you just it's so, you're so uncomfortable the whole time and you're so tense cuz you know something bad is going to happen. Yeah. You know you know that terror is coming. They they're able to get the gun away from from Jake, they're able to get the bullets out of it. like it becomes this whole thing and he he like takes the gun but he doesn't have the bullets now and he like it's like oh it's time for us to go and the smiley tells him hey there's nothing out there for you dog and he looks oh. out the window and Jake is gone. And you're oh, like, Jesus. oh, fuck. Oh, God. This is <laughs> like, you, you do the thing of like, how is he going to get out of this? There's no way he's going to get out of this alive. There's absolutely no way. It becomes this whole big, they, 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 beat, they beat him up. They drag him into the bathroom. They get the shotgun. They're about to kill him. The water's running. 
and then the and then they find the wallet. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god! Like they like it's just it's so fucking good. I remember watching that the first time I watched this movie. I was in college, right? This is 2001, so I'm in college. It comes out. At this point, I loved Denzel Washington already. So I'm like, I want to go see this. My mom is in town visiting. I said, Ma, let's go to the movies. Let's go watch this Training Day movie. And she's like, okay, cool. And we went and we watched it. And just out and sitting in the theater, just like like holding on to the armrest during this moment because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You're like, are they really going to kill this guy? This is going to be crazy. Like just watching it and being and being so twisted up is what I remember from that moment. And then we finished the movie, and I'm like, like you're just. Yeah. like metaphorically covered in sweat and you're like oh yeah. my god oh what a great movie i can't believe that that turned out the way that it turned out right uh and then we finish and then we go home and then like my mom leaves this is like on a sunday my mom leaves and then my girlfriend shows up the next day she had been out of town she went back home she gets there on monday and i'm like we gotta go to the movies you gotta see this movie you got we gotta yeah. <laughs> like the next day we went to go watch it and we ended up watching it like three times in the theater but man it's just yeah, Fuqua's holding a knife to your throat for the whole movie yeah. is what oh, it feels God. like. It's yeah. like, don't move. Don't you move. Oh, my God. I love it. I love yeah. it so much. Uh, like, how's Jake going to get out of this situation? Because we know these three guys just, they won't crack. He's being taken there to be killed. No. So how is he going to get out of it? And you forget about that moment at the start in the alleyway with the girl. And then you, that comes out. Oh, my God. It's, it's so well written. Oh, it's so great. And then they do the <laughs> thing where he calls her. Jake is like, oh, I, that's, I, I saved that girl. She was about to be raped by like these homeless dudes. And I saved her. Like I saved her. Like, you, like he's already pleading for his life without pleading yeah. for his life in this, mo- in this moment. And, and Smiley doesn't believe – the great Cliff Curtis yeah. plays this, this scene perfectly. He do- doesn't believe him. And he's like but – he, but he like, well, let me check. Let me verify this. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> if this is true, I have to spare you. Like he's got his own he's, sort yeah, of he's moral code. code. Yeah. Which they which they establish when he's talking about Alonzo and 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 he's like the other guy uh, Noel Guglielmi is his real name uh, I think he plays like the Hector character right. in this movie as well the bald the bald head Mexican yes guy. yes yeah yeah and he's like oh Alonzo's a ruthless low down dirty vato like but that's why I like him and Smiley is like no I, that's that's why I never shake his hand because he don't respect nothing he don't respect nada yeah right like they establish that yeah, that yeah, Smiley yeah. has his own code but anyway. Uh, you he finds a wallet he makes the phone call he calls the girl his niece and he's asking her hey you know i was cool today and and she's and she tries to lie in the beginning and you're like tell tell the truth girl please fucking tell the (laughs) truth like you just are you're pleading at the screen again so well written so well acted so well directed you love when you watch a movie and but you've seen thousands of movies probably in your life like we're like it seems like you and I grew up just loving this thing and yeah. we're just going to spend so much of our just lives. We, about we've it, seen yeah. so many movies, right? Yeah. And so you feel like often if I sit down and watch a movie, all right, 10 minutes in, I've got a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. I know where it's movie. going to go. I know, I know what's going to happen. I yeah, know yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling pretty confident, right? But there are some movies that you don't. When, when that happens, it's like a special feeling when you're in the theater and you realize I can't guess what's going to happen. Yeah. And you have to give yourself up to the movie and just like let the director, let the writers, let the actors take you where they want to take. I remember a, a, a similar thing happened when I watched Get Out. Yeah. Oh, and Get yeah. Out gets going and like 20 minutes in, you're like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And you just give yourself to Jordan Peele. Right. 
the same thing is happening here. Like you just, you just give up. You're like, I can't guess. I don't know. And you give up and yeah. you just are watching it completely helpless. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then man, when they, when they pull that off, when they pull off the switch and then they pull him out of the bathtub and he's like, Hey, it's just business. Like we're good. Right. Like I need you to say we're good. And then he's, they let him go and he's on the bus riding home. Yeah. Oh, uh, you think he's riding yeah, home and then he shows home. up at, at Eva Mendez's house or the apartment mm-hmm. and then they have the shootout and then it still leads to this great monologue that Jake has and the showdown and oh, f- uh, yeah. come on, well, come on. It's an amazing third act. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I watch it again right now. <laughs> Shit. Hey, white boy. You asked me, homes. but that's just course if you ask i think alonzo played you for a fool let's say big time homes hey where are you going where are you going it's your deal alonzo pulled off america man times are tight scared up a lot of cash what are you jack homes i don't know he jacked roger that's the fool, huh? Alonzo, I think he's a low-down, dirty, ruthless Vatoy. But I like that, Holmes. I like that. No. No, that's why I never shake his hand, Holmes. He don't respect Nala. This episode of All The Right Movies is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work and not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who have seen what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to all ATRM listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash ATRM. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ATRM. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of All the Right Movies. And to end, Shea, what's your third film? Third movie, The Social Network. Yes. Chronicling the Harvard years of Mark Zuckerberg as he builds his Facebook empire, The Social Network also cross-cuts the dual lawsuit brought to his door by best friend Eduardo Saverin and arch-nemesis Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss. Written by Aaron Sorkin and directed by David Fincher, The Social Network has a cast overspilling with talent, including Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, Rooney Mara, Justin Timberlake, and Army Hammer. We've made it to the final club share. What do you love about The Social Network? Oh, man. So this is, this is our, 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 our third era of movies. We do White Men Can't Jump. Yeah. Fun sports movie from the early 90s that feels very much like that. Yeah. Then we do, we do Training Day. We get an evil one of the all-time great villains and and then now we're we're going over to social network which is a masterpiece of a movie in so many different respects like yeah. you, you mentioned directed by david fincher who does with this movie 
what maybe like three other people in the history of the world can do with mm-hmm. this movie, right? You have David Fincher just putting all of his muscle into this. Yeah. Just like doing all of the David Fincher things with the lighting, yeah. with the mood, like making the most static scene feel just like alive oh. and like threatening. And I don't know how he does it, but I just know that he does it. I know when you, when you plug in a David Fincher movie, there's going to be a moment where you're just like, fuck, like I'm up. <laughs> Well, he's turning my pockets inside out right now, and I, don't, and, I, and, I, and I don't know I don't know how he's doing it. But you've got him doing that, and you've got Aaron Sorkin, who turns conversation into combat is what yeah. he does in this movie, and they wow, do it yeah. immediately, mm-hmm. immediately when it's when it's Rooney and, and Eisenberg at the table, yeah. and they're going back and forth faster than humans should talk. They're just like, brr, 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 yeah. brr. and 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 Rooney sort of comments on it without like winking at the camera. That does the whole like being in a conversation with you is like being on a stairmaster. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Which uh, so many people have tried to rip off what Aaron, Aaron Sorkin does, but nobody can do what Aaron Sorkin yeah. does except for Aaron Sorkin. Like you mm-hmm. just, it's it's great, and they they keep that up for the whole movie, the whole time. Anytime somebody sits down to talk, it's just like pop 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 mm. like 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 a fucking woodpecker. Yeah, yeah. On the on the tree, just like brrr, and they're all doing it, going so so fast, and then you have the score, oh. fucking Trent. Trent Reznor, one of the all-time great movie scores. It starts from the very beginning after they finish our conversation at the start and, and we got Eisenberg making his way back to the to the room and it's doing that like, I don't even know what that instrument is, like some sort of strings that are yeah. just being like... It just adds an atmosphere to everything, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it all feels like, again, this is this is just a movie about like a, a some guy on a computer <laughs> yeah. is what it is. But it feels so alive, and it feels like so much more than that. The first time I watched it, because I remember seeing the trailer and being like, they made a movie about the, the Facebook guy? Like, I'm yeah. like, that's just going to suck. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to hate this movie, right? Yeah. And then you go watch it, and again, you give yourself up to it. You feel pulled in. It becomes unpredictable. Um, but you're just sitting there. And it made me feel the same way that I feel uh, sometimes when it's like late at night, and I look at the moon. I feel I feel insignificant. I'm like, yeah. fuck, that's like a like look at that thing just up in the sky like I could just die right now and who cares? Yeah. But is what it I don't know what that is what that is that's happening inside of my my yeah. brain when I feel like that. But I remember watching this movie and being like, fuck, I could just die right now and who cares? Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. it does, like it's just it was just so moving watching it. Oh my god, I love this movie. I yeah. love it. I mean, I can totally relate to that year because I, I've, I've I've loved it since it came out. I love David Fincher. But like you say, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a great time about a couple of geeks right? who, made a, who made a website. It's like, who cares? And also to what you were saying, I can't put my finger on why I love this, but it does something. It makes me feel something. It makes me fizz, but I can't put my finger on what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just everybody at the at their absolute best. They're all plugged in. They're they're all making the same movie. Yeah, and that's really that's a really hard thing to pull off is to get everybody. I mean, they, to use a rowing metaphor, rowing in the same direction. Yeah, and 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 they do it, and they they all get they all get instances where they get like again little little moments to shine in the movie, right? And some of them are small, some of them are big. Fincher, for example, he does this whole movie, and it's just like, it's just like our right, conversation, conversation. We're in this, we're in this room, we're in that room, and then they do the 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 race, the regalia, or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. And you've got the mu- the music going, and we're cutting, mm-hmm. and we're getting some action, Whoa. and it's just 
it's two minutes of David Fincher in a fucking ISO situation where he's just like, give me the ball and get out of the way. That's all that it is. There's no conversation. There's no, no talking. There's no anything. It's just him with a bunch of people who don't even appear anywhere else in the movie. No. It's just, it's just like some guys rowing a boat and, and you care desperately about what's happening in it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's him doing that. It's, it's Aaron doing his thing. It's Eisenberg with the best performance of his career. Oh, he has always had this like this thing about where he just seems like I don't know I've never met him I don't know if this is true but when I watch him on screen I feel mm-hmm. like he looks like a guy who believes he's smarter and better than you are <laughs> all the time yes. right yeah and he gets to do that in this movie he gets to be exactly that person and he turns the volume all the way up on it yeah. and he just becomes such a menacing figure in the movie when you're like man I do not. Like, I want to be around this guy, but I don't want to be around this guy. Yeah. Like, I, want, like I, see, I see that, I see that a grizzly bear over there. I see that fox over there, and I want to pet it. Yeah. I want to pet it so bad. <laughs> but, I, but I know what's going to happen if I do. Like, that's what he is in this, in this movie. It's just like, it's incredible to watch. All of the pieces are just flowing right. Man, I really, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And David Fincher, like you're saying, is just so good. I see the Zodiac poster oh, behind you favorite like i love it that's another that's another uh diner scene when it's, yeah. when it's ruffalo and, and gyllenhaal jesus and like, christ and he's explaining it's 50 it's 50 it's 50 step like yeah. I, is that true door to door oh, yeah. oh my god oh my god <laughs> it's so good that's Fincher is such a good director he's such a good director that i do not like a movie that doesn't have like an ending mm. like tr- like training day alonzo's dead yeah and then yeah. we hear the cover-up like white men can't jump they they beat the king and duck yeah and then we he, and then we see rosie is gone and like uh with zodiac there's no like Ugh. they don't catch this they don't catch them no they don't catch them and movies like that always make me like oh just answer the question please i'm begging you yeah. just do it but that's that's one of them because it's david fincher and because he's a fucking genius <laughs> that it's it's perfect it's perfect yeah how they it do is. it in that one and the social network is the the same sort of way like it just sort of it places you into this world and you get to be in it for a while and you know you can never come up with this world on your own you're not smart enough you're not talented enough to build this thing uh, to exist here but you get to you get to be in it for two hours or whatever it is and it's just it's so good dude oh Oh my god it's amazing um i mean it's going to be a tough one but uh, favorite scene oh my god there's so there's so many Again, I feel inclined to go with the opening scene just because I like Rooney and, and Eisenberg yeah. bouncing that ball back and forth. But I think on the rewatch, when I you know, rewatch all of these before we, we sat down to do this, and prior to the rewatch, the one line from the movie that always stands out to me, that it's the first one that I think of whenever I think whenever you say the social network, right? Yeah. Like this happens with all great movies. You say you say the name of a movie and a line should pop into your head. Yeah, I say yeah, taxi yeah. driver and you're yeah. like, are you looking at me? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. I yeah, say yeah. Jaws and you're like, we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. Whatever. Got you. When you say the social network, I, I immediately in my head, I go to Eisenberg at the deposition table. And then he's like, it's very simple. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook, you'd have invented Facebook. Yeah. And then they just, and then they show who he just said it to and they're all like oh fuck he's right he's right we can't do what he did if we could we would have done it and it's it's a fucking 
sword swipe across the chest when yeah. you're just like <laughs> you're completely open and and it's, that part to me always is just like oh my god that's who that character is that's what that movie is in yeah. in 10 words yeah. it's like it's just all of the pieces that's the one right there that yeah. one line oh my Incredible. god this is the first time he mentioned any problem yes it was you sent 36 emails to Mr. Zuckerberg and received 16 emails in return, and this was the first time he indicated he was not happy. That's correct. You had 42 days to study your system and get out ahead. Do you see any of your code on Facebook? I could Mark, you... did I use any of your code? You stole our whole goddamn idea. Fellas, Match.com for Harvard. Can I continue guys. with my deposition? You know, you really don't need a forensics team to get to the bottom of this. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook, you'd have invented Facebook. I can't wait to stand over your shoulder and watch you write us a check. No shit. Let's continue. So you've got loads of things going on at the moment, Shay. You've got a new book out right now. It's called Action Hero Scouting Report. I've been lucky enough to read it. It's amazing. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. What was the thinking behind that? Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, the thinking behind the Action Hero Scouting Report was... I really like uh, basketball. Basketball is my favorite game, which we probably could have guessed based yeah. on the movies that we picked here. And when you watch basketball, when you play basketball, when you coach basketball, they, you have scouting reports for the players. Like this, this player in this situation uh, has this tendency. They're good at this. They're bad at this, whatever. I always thought mm -hmm. that was an interesting concept. Uh, so I wanted to apply it to action heroes. Like hmm. some of my favorite movies ever are, are action movies, you know, Rambo and Die Hard and uh, hard target which is not a great movie but it's super fun to watch yeah um yeah kill bill like like uh, there are so many great action movies fury road if we're looking if you want like a bona fide masterpiece action movie like oh, yeah. Fury Road, like incredible whatever all of the movies stretch across i mean all the action movies stretch across the genre of types of movies that you're looking for but so i wanted to do a scouting report but each scouting report is just an action hero and we're going to look at this person we're going to like go through the list of things that you need to be a great action hero. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to like gamify it. Essentially. We're going to make, we're going to yeah. make scores for each situation and, and then put it all together. So for example, it's super easy to follow. Great action heroes is going to have six pieces, right? Number one, they're going to have an inciting event. Every mm. action hero is like thrust into action by a thing. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson and taken his daughter gets kidnapped by Albanian sex traffickers. Right. Yeah. Um, John McClane and Die Hard, he, he ends up trapped in a building when the German radical terrorists show up with Hans Gruber and his team or whatever. Like, they all have a thing like that. Yeah. So that's the first thing we look at. What was the inciting event for this action hero? If it's a really good one, really creative, they, they get a high score in that situation. If it's like a pretty generic, run-of-the-mill, mm -hmm. whatever, you, they, you get a low score. But there's the, the inciting event. There is the, uh, the skills training. What sort of skills training does this person have were they uh like beatrix kiddo and kill bill were, were they trained by a literal kung fu master yeah. or is it like uh antonio bandanas and 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 desperado is he just like an angry musician like he didn't have any training he's just fucking mm. mad and he got a, got, got a bunch <laughs> of guns right so you have you have the skills training you have the uh the like this is a made-up thing but we call it wishnificance which is like <laughs> yeah the feeling you get when you're watching a movie when you want to, I want to be El Mariachi and Desperado for like 10 yeah. minutes. It seems like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I want to be that guy, right? The more yeah. you want to be that character, the higher that score is, the less you want to be, the lower that score is. A good example is, is, uh, is Jet Li 
in the movie in the movie Romeo Must Die. Not yeah. a great movie, but when you're watching mm. it, in the movie he gets to flirt with Aaliyah, and he <laughs> scores a touchdown in like a park football game, yeah. and he karate kicks a guy in the top of the head so hard that the guy's spine shatters. Like that's cool. I would like to be Jet Li and Romeo <laughs> Must Die, but Jet Li and something like um, Unleashed, where he's like a they keep him on a leash like a dog, and yeah. then when they take the leash off, he goes crazy and they put the leash back. Like I don't want to be that version. I don't no. like that's a low <laughs> wish wish significance rating. But so we we have like six of those types of categories, yeah. and we give scores to all of them, and then that that you, you add all those up, and then you get your action hero score, and that's basically what's going on in the in the scattering report ideally or essentially all that I wanted to do was I just wanted to spend like six months hmm. rewatching all the action movies. <laughs> and then, and then I needed a reason to do that. So I'm like, all right, well I'm going to write about it. <laughs> I'm going to write a book. <laughs> here, here we go. Like now give Amazing. me some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where can people buy it? Yeah. Uh, you can buy it at halfwaybooks.com. Halfway books is the, it's an independent publishing company that we started a few years ago. Yeah. It's the only place to get it. You can't get it on Amazon. You can't get it in Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. Halfwaybooks.com uh, is where you it's where you can get it. Cool. Do you, have you got any? I know that you're such a, an action movie aficionado. Have you got any plans to do anything else? Do you want to rewatch a lot of horror films, for example, or a lot of romantic comedies? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> it's always fun to do to do something like that. I don't know if you do the same thing. You just like get hooked on a theme, and you're like, I'm gonna yeah, yeah. watch a bunch of these. Mm-hmm. I did. I did a similar thing. Last summer, I was out in uh, New Mexico, right? And I was there for, for a couple of months um, on summer vacation. Well, I was out there working, but it was during summer break. Yeah. So I'm in New Mexico for a few months by myself. And it's like I'm like a couple of hours from Roswell, which mm. is like where the Area 51 is or whatever, where the, the secret aliens are. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to drive all the way to Roswell because it was like a few hours away. But what I did want to do is I did want to rewatch all the alien movies yeah, and not just like, and I don't mean just like the, like alien Sigourney Weaver movies. I mean like any movie that had an alien in it, <laughs> I wanted to rewatch it because again, I'm, I knew I was going to be out there for a couple of months. Yeah. And so I did that and I, re- I rewatched all of them, everything from like whatever close encounters mm-hmm. to like fire in the sky. Yeah. To, uh, which, which is really, it holds up really well. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah, yeah. Like all VHS, which has <laughs> aliens in it, like out of yeah. nowhere. Like I wanted, I, I wanted to rewatch all of them. And what ended up happening is I was rewatching them, and I noticed this thing that would go on where anytime there was an alien abduction, they would like get the guy up on the ship, and mm-hmm. he'd be like freaking out. Oh my god, what's happening? Aliens! Yeah, yeah, I'm terrified. Yeah, yeah. Right? It was always the same way. They always like abducted a, a wimp. He'd get yeah. up there and there's a wimp. And I was like, man, I want to watch a movie where they abduct a guy and he gets up there, and it's like, oh shit we accidentally abducted like Rambo or John yeah. Wick or whatever. <laughs> like that's a, that's a whole different thing. And I, I looked around for it and I couldn't find it. So I was like, well, I'm just going to write that shit. Oh yeah. And so then I, like I, then I spent like a couple of months writing a story called the abduction where these aliens abduct a guy and he gets up on the ship and then he just goes fucking nuts and is just killing all the, like just hand to hand combat killing aliens. Oh, wow. I mean, that's, I, w- I would watch that film. I would watch that film too. That's why I wrote the short story. Maybe they make it into a movie one day. Uh, who knows? But that always ends up happening to me is I always like get hooked on a thing and then I just watch a bunch of movies about a thing. It happened with Matthew McConaughey recently. I was on Amazon looking for something to watch. Two for the Money came up. So he plays like a former college quarterback 
who is really good at picking uh, sports gambling picks. Yeah. And Pacino runs a sports book and he gets him to come work for him and whatever. But it's McConaughey just being like McConaughey and he's super charming. And I'm like, yeah. man, I miss Matthew McConaughey. I'm going to watch a bunch of McConaughey movies. And then I was just like ripping through them. I was like, all right, let yeah. me watch Interstellar. Still great. Let me watch A Time to Kill. Still great. Let me watch Lincoln yeah. Lawyer. Lincoln oh Lawyer is incredible. So, <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that ends up do, – do you do that same thing where like you just end up hooked into like, uh, all right, these are the movies I'm going to watch right now? Yeah, I generally do it if I'm watching the first film in a film series. Like if I watch Saw, for example, then I'm in. I'm watching the rest of them back to back yeah, until yeah, I yeah. get to the end. <laughs> Always do that. <laughs> Did you do that for Dead Reckoning? Where you're like, I'm going to rewatch all the Mission Impossibles. Yes. Before yeah. I go. Mm-hmm. Did that for the last one as well. It's such an investment. It just, but it makes it like I would have. I would have forgot all about Kitridge, for example. Yeah. Like I would have forgot about him. Yeah, but then he shows up in Dead Reckoning, and I was like, "Oh, I, from the first one, holy <laughs> from shit!" From the first like, one, yeah. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun, man. Movies are the best. Ah, Movies they're incredible. The I always do it when I, 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 me and my wife went to LA in November, so it was about six months before we went away of just watching films set in LA. That was it. That was the agenda. Really, there's no deviation from it. That's what we're watching, and I don't care. Which which ones did you rip through? Which one? Oh, not all of them. Which one stood out to you as like, I don't remember this being this good. Yeah. Um, well, Training Day was one of them, but it wasn't uh-huh. like I don't remember it being that good. It was. It is such a gritty LA experience, yeah. and it, you don't really know that until you've been to the place. Um, to live and yeah, die yeah. in LA, freakings to live and die in LA was oh Great. wild. But oh man, he, he died a couple of days ago. Devastating. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty sucky. There was the Hal Ashby one, and oh Christ, ten million ways to die. Mm-hmm. Eighty six, maybe eighty seven. That's that's real sleazy. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Nightcrawler, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh my God, that's, that's incredible. Some good Jake Gyllenhaal, right there. Yeah, amazing. So I just went through that for easy six months, and I didn't get sick. And then I was rela- it was relatable when I visited as well. It's it's cool to do like if you're doing uh, those and you're like, all right, I'm going to do Nightcrawler tonight. And you watch yeah. it. You're like, oof, this place seems awful. And then yeah. you watch like La La Land. And you're like, man, <laughs> what magic. I want to be there. And then like gone in 60 seconds or whatever. It's just like, how do they do that? How do they make the, the cities feel? The same city feel like all of these different, different yeah. pieces. It's yeah, so dangerous. And exotic and exciting and enticing all in once. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. What fun. So I haven't heard you on the uh, the rewatchables for a while. Um, obviously, I know you've been super busy. It's, I mean, it's a great show, great podcast. What's what's going on there? Will you be making any appearances? I love the, the rewatchables. I'll go on there if they ask me to go on there. That's usually how it works. Is they'll just be like, right. hey, you want to pop up and, and, and do this movie? I worked at The Ringer for six years. And it was like maybe my favorite job that I've ever had. It's just like a bunch of really smart, talented people making really cool stuff. Yeah. And doing the rewatchables is 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 so much fun. I still listen to it all the time. I think mm-hmm, my favorite yeah. version of the show is, is when when they do a movie that like oh I love this movie. Like I like I mentioned I was doing the McConaughey thing, and then they did a Time to Kill, and it was it was Bill and Wesley, and I was like well fire I gotta I gotta do this now. 
And like yeah. just listening to smart people talk about movies is like one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I love it. All, all I want is for them to do the movies that I love. And I just want to listen to my my absolute <laughs> uh, favorite bit that they do. That, that Now I'm just like listening to the show because I just can't wait to get to this. Is at the end when Chris is on it, Chris Ryan, and he does the yeah. the Wayne Jenkins thing. Every yeah, time. Yeah. It makes me laugh every single <laughs> every single time. They did they did uh Alien and he does Wayne Jenkins and Alien and Aliens and, yeah. and I was like, All right, I gotta I gotta I gotta pull my car over for a second and just replay this this yeah. bit. It's so fucking funny, dude. It's so good. Yeah, it is great. I think the last time that I heard you're on there was Tango and Cash, which I was Whoa. kind of hoping that was going to be one of your choices. Oh, Tango and Cash is, is Top level, top oh, level amazing. Stallone, top level uh, Kurt, just great 80s action movie. So what's next then, Shay? What have you got going on? Any new books? Anything you're working on? Man, I don't have anything going on right now because we're still on strike. The Writers Guild, probably. Yeah. Still on strike. Days we're on strike day. now with the, with the actors. Yeah, today is officially 100 days. Yeah. And we're not doing any work until they give us a fair deal. So I'm just sitting around watching movies, going through all of the, all the right movies, uh, Twitter threads. This is my favorite. I like, I love, I love when that pops up and it's be like predator came out and the like, John McTiernan and like great, whatever, whatever. But the story yeah. behind it is even bigger. And I'm like, let's fucking go. Let's go. <laughs> That's, I know it's about to be 25, 25 tweets for me to read. And like, yeah, it always sends you off into like offshoots of other stuff you want to, you want to find. I think y'all are doing a, y'all are doing great work over there. Oh, thank uh, you. But, that's all I'm doing is just hanging out with y'all and, and reading all y'all stuff. Cool. Well, hopefully those strikes will resolve soon. Come on. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a massive fan, Shane. and I really love your work. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get something soon. I appreciate that. This is a lot of fun. I, thank you for having me on. Ah, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on. I hope all goes well with the book and everything goes well in the future. Me too. All right, Bob. Big thanks to Shea for coming on the show. Don't forget to check out the Action Hero Scouting Report on halfwaybooks.com. As for all the right movies, our latest podcast on classic and hit films is on Fight Club. That came out last week. And next week we're talking about Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. So make sure you come back for that. If you like the podcast, you can sign up to be an All The Right Movies Patreon supporter. You get access to all of the podcasts that we've created exclusively for Patreon and all of our classic podcast archive, which is stuffed full with around 130 episodes on classic and hit films. And that's not available anywhere else apart from our website where you can buy it individually. That's alltherightmovies.com. But for Patreon, there are other benefits available as well, loads to get your teeth into. So go to patreon.com forward slash all the right movies to support us and get access to hundreds of hours of great content. It'd be great if you could give us a positive rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. In the meantime, we're everywhere on social media. Like Shea said on Twitter, we put up loads of great threads, loads of behind the scenes stuff, movie clips, pictures, and we are at AT Right Movies. On Instagram and threads, we are at all the underscore right movies. Join our Facebook group, follow us on TikTok at All The Right Movies. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our videos. They're going up all the time and they're great. And finally, our website with loads of incredible features is alltherightmovies.com. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Come back next week for The Prestige. See you soon.